Welcome to the Washington Weekly, a ministry of Washington Baptist Church. This podcast is devoted to getting you into God's Word and equipping you to serve. I'm your host, Trent Henson, Associate Pastor. On today's episode, I'll talk about why October 31st is an important day in Christian history. And I'll also interview another member of Washington so you can learn more about our people and our ministries. This is episode one of season four of the Washington Weekly. In season one, which consisted of 24 episodes, I summarized Drew's Sunday morning sermon and talked about additional ways we could apply it to our lives. In season two, which consisted of 21 episodes, I highlighted resources I thought would help you grow in your relationship with Christ. In season three, which consisted of 20 episodes, I talked about specific verses of Scripture and how they impacted people or situations. In season four, I'm going to apply God's Word to this time of year as we end October and head toward Thanksgiving and Christmas. This Sunday is October 31st. October 31st is an important date. No, I'm not talking about Halloween. It's Reformation Day. Martin Luther posted the 95 Thesis on the door of the Castle Church in Wittenberg, Germany on October 31, 1517, initiating the Protestant Reformation. Church doors at that time functioned as bulletin boards. Hoping to spark a debate, Luther posted 95 complaints against the leadership of the Catholic Church. Luther's 95 Thesis focused really on three main issues. The first one was the selling of indulgences to build St. Peter's Basilica. Nearly half of the 95 points deal with the selling of indulgences. An indulgence was basically a certificate of forgiveness. To receive an indulgence, the person had to give something in exchange. This might be a prayer, a good deed, and more often than not, money. Such acts demonstrated penance. The indulgence or piece of paper guaranteed the purchaser forgiveness of sin or less time in purgatory. Now, according to Catholic teaching, purgatory was a place where some of the dead would have to wait before entering heaven. The idea of purgatory is not found anywhere in the inspired pages of Scripture. People would just pay the church instead of actually repenting of sin. Many even began to pay ahead of time for sins they were going to commit so they wouldn't feel bad when they actually sinned. This was completely unbiblical, as actual repentance and humility were removed from the process. In addition to this, the church leaders were spending the money on building St. Peter's Basilica and buying extravagant art and even on personal pleasures. Luther made his stance on this clear in his 95 Thesis. I'll read three points to you. Point 21. Those preachers of indulgences err who say that by the Pope's indulgence, a man may be exempt from all punishments and be saved. Point 32. On the way to eternal damnation are they and their teachers who believe that they are sure of their salvation through indulgences. And point 35, he preaches like a heathen who teaches that those who will deliver souls out of purgatory or by indulgences do not need repentance and contrition. The second main issue that Luther addressed in his 95 Thesis was the authority claimed by the Pope. 
Luther challenged the Pope's spiritual authority. By authorizing the sale of indulgences and claiming that the buying of indulgences could release people from divine punishment, the Pope believed that he had power over the ultimate destiny of souls, both in life and death. Luther insisted the Pope did not have the power to grant forgiveness or assurance in the afterlife because the people did not sin against the Pope, but against God. Therefore, Luther declared that the Pope's indulgences have no bearing on an individual's soul. Here's three points from his 95 Thesis. Point 33. Be well aware of those who say the Pope's pardons are the indescribable gift of God by which man is reconciled to God. Point 76. We assert that the Pope's pardon cannot take away the least of daily sins as regard to the guilt of it. And point 79. He who says that the cross with the Pope's arms solemnly set on high has as much power as the cross of Christ blasphemes God. The third main issue that Luther attacks in his 95 Thesis is how these things endangered the souls of people by neglecting the true message of the gospel found in Scripture. In his points, Luther was calling the Pope and those in power to repent, solely based upon what he read in Holy Scripture. He urged the leaders to direct their gaze to Christ, the only one who is able to pay the penalty due for sin. He believed that these indulgences were providing people a false security, and it really endangered their salvation because these indulgences were substituting a false hope that forgiveness can be earned or purchased for the true hope of the gospel, that we receive forgiveness solely by the grace of God through our faith in Jesus Christ. Here are some points where he addresses this in his 95 Thesis. Point 37. Every true Christian, be he still alive or already dead, partaketh in all the benefits of Christ and of the church given him by God, even without letters of indulgence. Point 49. Christians should be taught that the Pope's pardons are useful as far as one does not put confidence in them, but on the contrary most dangerous, if through them one loses the fear of God. Point 54. Wrong is done to the Word of God, if one in the same sermon spends as much or more time on indulgences as on the word of the gospel. Point 55. The opinion of the Pope cannot be otherwise than this. If an indulgence, which is the lowest thing, be celebrated with one bell, one procession, and ceremonies, then the gospel, which is the highest thing, must be celebrated with a hundred bells, a hundred processions, and a hundred ceremonies. Point 62. The right and true treasure of the church is the most holy gospel and the glory and grace of God. And then he ends with points 94 and 95, which say, Christians should be exhorted to endeavor to follow Christ, their head, through cross, death, and hell, and thus hope with confidence to enter heaven through the many miseries rather than in false security. Martin Luther took a stand based upon what he saw in God's holy word. So when October 31st comes around, think about it being Reformation Day. 
the day that Martin Luther took a stand on what we know is the gospel truth. Today, my guest is Wade Roddy. Thank you, Wade, for joining me. Hey, thank you for having me. Well, tell me about you and your family. Uh, I'm Wade Roddy. Um, I've lived in Greenville most of my, most of my life. Uh, I work at General Electric. I've been there 21 years. I'm a machinist. Um, I got divorced in 2010, and uh, I have three children. They're all adults now, Kelton, Tyler, and Kira. Uh, some some of uh, the members here have met Tyler and Kira, and uh, that's who I am. Yes, well, we're glad you're a part of Washington. So what led you to Washington? Um, what led me to Washington was, as I said before, I was divorced in 2010, and when Heather and my children left, um, I had nothing. I was left with absolutely nothing. A half, a half a house with half the stuff, and my daughter wanted to play basketball, and several families in my neighborhood um, played basketball at Washington Baptist Church, so they said, you should go to Washington Baptist Church. So God, God led me here. Wow. Because true. that's how it all started. Kira started playing basketball, and then I started coming to church on Wednesday nights, and then I started coming on Sundays. And then I, then I joined in 2012. Okay. Well, that's so great. And we, we're starting basketball up right now yeah. as far as a, yep. a church-wide thing. Uh, I think the cutoffs may have been this week. We may still get you in, whoever's listening and wants to play. Uh, but that is a, a, a ministry. It is. That, you it know, really is. Let you and adults, children and adults yeah. play. And um, it is a way to get them involved in church and to meet different people. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I didn't know that about your story. That's yeah. why I always like to ask yeah. what led people here. It's just amazing to see what God uses to bring people here to Washington. And I know you've been a great asset to our ministries here at Washington and our family because you do a lot of behind-the-scenes roles. So tell us how you're involved here at Washington. Um, I'm one of the directors at the food pantry. I have been since, uh, I would say it started. I've, I've been involved um, as a volunteer at first and then um, moved on to a director's role. And so I'm pretty um, involved with that. Uh, I've kind of changed a little bit now. I'm more uh, during the week. I do some uh, runs during the week for the food pantry. Uh, but on Saturdays, I'm here from time to time uh, because of COVID. They've kind of scaled back and then they swung back into full and then now they had to scale back again. And so once they go back um, full time, then I'll probably be back on Saturdays. Also, I do, I'm uh, in charge of the security sign-in at the uh, in the children's department. And that's just a role where uh, I kind of... Um, Delegate and take volunteers who come and serve for one service um, per month um, for about 45 minutes or an hour, and I just coordinate that, and then I show up and fill in where is needed. And uh, also, I'm part of the awesome autumn celebration. I have been since uh, probably six or maybe seven years now, maybe five or six years, but um, that's wonderful. It's a wonderful ministry. I, um, I really enjoy that a lot every year mm -hmm. for the season. Yes, and the amazing autumn celebration is coming up on the 30th, uh, this Saturday. That'll be from 6 to 8 o'clock here at our church, and we'll have trunk or treat, uh, hot dogs, games, cakewalk, and we're still in need of volunteers uh, for that. So if people are willing to, to serve, um, I know there's a lot of ways they can serve and help set up. Oh, there's games, cakewalks, the trunk or treats outside, um, registration. That's a, big, that's a big role. Registration is a big right. role. That's right. It's just a good, another way we can reach people and uh, let them know we're here and 
that we care about them in our community. And I don't know how COVID will affect it, but um, our attendance, but I know in the past that's been an event where we've had oh, hundreds, yeah, even a, a thousand. That's I think great. Uh, yeah. last year, the last regular year we had, it seemed like we went through a thousand hot dogs. So uh, it could be big crowds and I hope big crowds come. Um, and so we can reach people and just share God's love with them. Yeah. Since everything's free. Um, but I appreciate the ways you serve because those that you mentioned, a lot of those people don't even know about. Um, our food pantry happens a lot behind the scenes and then on Saturdays. Um, but I know that's a wonderful ministry. There's and, a lot of people. There's a lot of volunteers um, behind the scenes who go, people go get bread. People go to Harvest Hope. People show up to pack up the kits and everything. Mm-hmm. So there's several people uh, who do that. That's right. And I know uh, once we do get back in full swing with that, there'll probably be ways they can serve and help Absolutely. with that as well. Absolutely. Um, and the computer security with our children, uh, with the nursery area and our kids area, I know that's important. Uh, just checking families in. I and, think I think people kind of don't understand uh, what that is. All all it is is you're there at the, at the desk. Um, we have three tablets where the majority of the members here know they come in and they check themselves in. So there's really nothing to do there. But where it is important, and it's happened to me several times. People will come in as a visitor, and they have no idea where to go. Mm-hmm. So there's a sign at the desk. Um, it says visitors check in, and then they ask me where they need to go. So that is that is I'm the first point. I'm the first person that they see, and they communicate with, and I lead them uh, to the sanctuary. Excellent. And so that's kind of one one of the um, jobs. And the other job is for visitors who come with children, mm-hmm. is to um, put them into the system but it's not it's not difficult at all at all right that's right so yes a very needed ministry as a part of that and and an easy way to serve so i I appreciate your willingness to do that and you do it quite often uh, because we are in need of helpers with that we are in need of helpers yes but i appreciate all the ways that you're involved here and the way you serve the lord here at washington well tell me what's your favorite thing about Washington Baptist Church or what do you think is the best thing about our church? I think the I think the best thing there's many there's many favorite things um that I love about Washington but I think my the best thing is the love of the the members. The love of the members when I first came here visiting I had my first Wednesday night dinner was with uh, Joel and Lydia Waddell and mm-hmm. and they were just so kind to me. Um, and I sat with them, and it was a fellowship with them, and it was uh, very nice. And that was kind of opened the door for me. And then there's so many other members that I've come in contact with over the years that are just have a genuine love um, for Washington Baptist and for the the members here. That's it. And that's what that's what I love most about it. It is a family uh, church. Um, it's growing. Then it kind of stalled because of COVID. We're kind of at a hurdle here, but it's uh, overall. Um, it's a thriving church, and it's a very loving church. And that's what I tell any visitor who comes here, is that it's a very loving church, that they will love it. Any new members, when uh, I'm able to go greet them after they've joined the church, I tell them they're going to love it here because it's a very loving church. But they, they probably already know that. That's it, right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree. That's what I've experienced in uh, coming here to Washington about nine years ago. And what I hear from many people that I interview on the podcast is we are a a welcoming, friendly church that tries to build that relationship. And and those events like Wednesday night suppers, um, even our cookout that we're having Sunday night here at, at 6 o'clock is a way that you can just meet people and, and interact with them. Or fellowship yeah. with other members. That's right, yeah. That's a part of being the church. It's a wonderful thing. I just want to put a call out to all the Washington members, uh, church members. Uh, our church needs you. 
Our church needs volunteers. Um, there's several ways. There's so many ways. Um, but our church, we need you. That's what I want to say. Well, that's right. Well, yes. thank, thank you for your time You're today. You're welcome. Wade Roddy mentioned he is helping with the Amazing Autumn Celebration. The Amazing Autumn Celebration will be from 6 to 8 this Saturday night, October 30th. We'll have trunk or treats, games, a cakewalk, and hot dogs. Everything is free. Church members, we need your help. We're still in need of trunks or cars for our trunk or treats, people to help with games and registration, and cakes for the cakewalk. If you can help in any of these areas, please contact Melanie Hughes or call the church office. Wade also mentioned we're still in need of people to serve in the computer check-in area in the children's department on Sunday mornings. If you'd like to volunteer to help, please contact Wade Roddy or me, Trent Henson. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Washington Weekly. Washington Baptist Church is located at 3500 North Highway 14 in Greer, South Carolina. Check us out online at WashingtonBaptist.org. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast as you get into God's Word and prepare to serve.